Now sit back and relax as you listen to the Texas State Sports Podcast. Find us online at TexasStateSports.com. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome to the Texas State Sports Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Tyler Mayforth. You know what? We might as well just rename this thing the Robert Lowe Show because the sophomore from Waxley Hatchie has been absolutely dominant since he became the feature back right around the time that Texas State played Texas Tech. In five starts, Lowe has amassed four 100-yard rushing performances, of which include the last two weeks when he set career high in rushing yards each week. Against Louisiana Monroe, Lowe ripped off 140 rushing yards. Then last week, Lowe carried the ball 21 times for 177 yards and one touchdown. Texas State won 24-17 over Georgia State. And Lowe, he was named the Sunbelt Conference Offensive Player of the Week. Now let's not forget about sophomore running back Chris Nuttall, who added 90 yards on 9 carries. When you have a rushing attack like that, who needs a passing attack? Well, the Bobcats do. If Texas State does not find a more balanced attack soon, it will have a hard time keeping up with some of the better offenses in the Sunbelt Conference. Then again, outside of the game with Louisiana Lafayette, the defense has shown no signs of slowing down, so you think the team can keep some points off the board. With DJ Yendry back in the mix, the Bobcats are looking pretty stout. Yendry started his first game for Texas State last week and filled the box score with five tackles, one and a half of those for a loss, one sack, one pass breakup, and one quarterback hurry. Now, Texas State as a team must have a prettier game this Saturday if it expects to beat South Alabama, which is one of the better teams in the Sunbelt Conference. To learn more about the Jaguars, I'm now joined by Tommy Hicks, who covers the team for the Alabama Media Group in this week's Insider Interview. Now, uh, Tommy, take me through the season so far for South Alabama. Obviously, they enter the game with a 3-3 three and three record, but they could easily be 4-2. and two. Heck, they could even be 6-0 and oh with how they played several close losses so far. Yeah, it has been an interesting year, especially for a team coming off a 2-11 season uh, last year. Uh, they, they have a much deeper roster, a uh, much better team in general just in, in, in the way they approach games and, and the talent level that they have on, the, on their depth chart. Um, you're right. They could they could be anywhere from 0 and 6 to 6 and 0. It's just been one of those kind of years. For the first five games they played, were all decided in the last minute of play. So uh, they bounced back pretty pretty well from a couple of losses. Had a, had a good win against uh, Kent State this past Saturday, and it's going to be interesting now that they're halfway through their season to see how the, the second half unfolds for them. And in, in his press conference this afternoon, Texas State head coach Dennis Franchione was telling us that from talking with the Sunbelt coaches at the media days and on the phone throughout the season, that South Alabama was a team to watch with how hard they fought last year, even though they were 2-11. and 11, They lost a lot of those Sunbelt games especially by fewer than seven points. Do you, do you think the Jaguars learned a lot about how to compete last year, even though they lost most of those games? Yeah, I, I really do believe that's true, and, and I asked uh, Joey Jones, head coach, about that, and and, and he, he agreed that at least going through a Sunbelt schedule, a full Sunbelt schedule, was a was a great 
help for for this program, which is just in its fifth season. He said it was good for them to, even though it didn't turn out as as well as they would like, they only won one Sun Belt game. Uh, the experience of going through the league, having an idea of what they were up against, uh, having an idea of the talent level they were facing and the competition level uh, was something that, that has proved a, a really big help for them in preparing for this season. Do you think that bye week came at a, at a great time for this unit after losing on a Hail Mary type of pass at the end of that game and having a week to break and going back and for Kent State for homecoming and then starting things back up again? Yeah, I think it was a big help. But you know what? I've, what I've noticed about this team is is they're pretty resilient. They, they, they've handled losses and coming off of losses pretty well. I actually think they they gained a little more confidence from the two losses they had prior to Kent State as much as the wins against Tulane and Western Kentucky just because they proved that they could stay with teams that people didn't believe that they would hang with. I mean, you've got to remember that last season Troy came to Mobile and beat South by 21 points, and, and probably it could have been a higher margin. Uh, to go there to their place, uh, a team that's that won five straight league titles at one time, and to play them down to the wire, have a chance to win it there at the end, score, but, but gave up the touchdown late. I think they gained a lot of confidence from that uh, in a strange way. Uh, not that not that losses are ever good for you, but, but I believe they gained some confidence from that in the close game at Tennessee the, the week before Troy. And one of the places Texas State head coach Dennis Franchione was quick to point out where South Alabama is really, really good is that defensive line. You know, with Pat Moore, Jesse Kelly, Mel Jones, but especially Alex Page, who many consider one of the best defensive ends, if not one of the best defensive linemen in the Sun Belt. What do they do so well in that multiple 4-3 formation that allows them to create havoc with that defensive line? I think as much as anything, it's, it's the fact that just the athleticism of those guys and, and the fact that they've been around for a while. I mean, you talk about the guys in the interior front there and and, it's, and Alex as well. They've all been here since the first season. You know, uh, South Alabama was – was, quote, unclassified, unquote, by the NCAA in its first two years. So guys on that team were able to actually play games during their, what was termed their redshirt season. So you're talking about a lot of guys here, Montavious Williams, Ramel Jones, Alex Page, those guys up front, they played, they actually, this is actually their fifth year senior, but they played for five years. So they have a lot of experience They've seen a lot of different things. They've gone with the growth from from the very first game of this program to where they are now, and I, and I think a lot of that has to do with with how successful they've become and and how well they work as a unit. And as far as the offense, uh, you know, I was watching the, the Troy game and I think some other games too. And while Ross Matheny isn't that quick of a quarterback, you know, quick as in fleet of feet, I mean, as in, you know, being a runner, he is athletic enough to make things happen. He, he's, he ran for a touchdown against Troy. He keeps plays alive. Does that truly help them be more balanced so teams aren't really keying on him like a pocket passer more so? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, if you look at the tape of, of Ross from last year, you could see that, that he was still learning the offense. He just wasn't as as confident a guy back there. He was still learning his way. The offense was 
was in his first year with Robert Matthews as offensive coordinator a year ago, and they were still learning the system and still trying to get comfortable with each other. Uh, he didn't begin the year as a starter, um, but he, he developed into that job. And then it was during the spring and fall. I mean, he, I think his development, his confidence, and his the leadership that he's developed with that group and, and how the how the offense has responded to him has made that a very balanced attack. They've got good running backs right there. They've got a couple of Juco signees in Jay Jones and Chris Denham who are handling the brunt of the, the running that really helps. Uh, he's got a really good wide receiver core with some new guys coming in there, Danny Woodson, the transfer from Alabama, and uh, Chavarez Smith, another Juco transfer in there, really added to the strength and the depth of the, the wide receiver core. So I think – the offensive line has really matured and come through. So I think all the parts around him have helped make him a better quarterback just that he's more confident not only in what he's doing but in, in what those around him are doing. If there's one area where Texas State has struggled defensively, it's stopping the pass. But more specifically, stopping a big tight end. Uh, they, ha- they struggled last year against Nevada. They, they they had tough, difficult time this year against Louisiana Lafayette. Now South Alabama is bringing Wes Saxton. What does he bring to the table, and how can he present a problem to anyone that tries to cover him? Well, I, I personally believe that Wes is the best tight end in the league. He's He's got the athleticism. He's got the size. He he doesn't mind going across the middle and taking a hit to, to make a catch. He's a good blocker. I mean, he's got a really good overall game, and he's only he's only getting better. If, if Texas State is a team that that has trouble with tight ends, and this that could create a problem for them because Wes has really done a good job. He's got great hands. He uh, moves well with the ball after the catch. He's a good blocker. He he's just got good size and good movement and quickness. He he gets around. He makes plays, and he's going to be a guy that that has to be a concern for the Texas State defense this week. Now, I know in Alabama everything starts with the Crimson Tide, and then Auburn is, you know, is a distant second, but they're, they're nonetheless. What is it going to take for, for South Alabama to kind of put themselves in, in front of the minds of these college football fans in Alabama? I mean, are they, are they there but only in Mobile, or where's the where do they fall in the rank, and what do they need to do to kind of put themselves in a better position for the recognition in their own state? Well, that's going to be very difficult. I mean, obviously, when you're just talking about the now, with Alabama having a success that it's had in recent years, uh, certainly this season the way they're playing, that that's going to be the team that everybody follows. Plus, you you got to remember that this is a program in its fifth year. I mean, they didn't even have a chin strap six years ago. So it's really built from the ground up and, and trying to develop. While I think that there is a, a an opportunity for great growth and great support to be built for this program in the next five to ten years, especially once the school builds an on-campus stadium, which is in the plans. There's nothing definitely said but that but that is a desire of the university to have an on-campus uh, stadium. I think that's going to help grow the regionality of of the success of the program and the following of the program. 
But Alabama has been here so long. Many of the people even here in Mobile, you've got people here that are have been longtime supporters of Alabama or Auburn. And so those loyalties are, are strong as well. It's going to – I don't see that happening where to pass anything, but I do see the program gaining more attention regionally, perhaps nationally, according to how, how the program continues to grow as the years go by. Now, uh, you know, a couple last questions for you. First off, what, what do you think are three reasons why – South Alabama can come into Texas State's homecoming on Saturday and walk out with a victory? Well, I believe what we talked about a little bit earlier, the confidence of this team. They're playing very confident football right now. Uh, Saturday against Kent State, they played uh, they played a com- as close to a complete game as they've had all year in that each quarter they played well. In the past few games, they had started out scoring on that first drive for the fifth straight week as they did, but then falling off and not scoring again in the first half in the previous two games before Kent State. But against Kent State, they, the offense kept going, the defense stopped teams and stopped the opponent, and it was a much different thing. I just believe their confidence right now is, is really good, and I think that's, that's going to help them a lot. They're not afraid on the road. They're not afraid to play those games. This will already be their fourth road game of the season, so they know what it's like on the road. They know how to handle that type of atmosphere. They learned a lot of that last year as well, and, and all of these players, are, most of these players have been with the team for a while, so they have the experience of that. I think that's going to be a key factor for them on Saturday. And then on the flip side, what do you think it's going to take for Texas State to be able to, I mean, they're the home dogs. South Alabama is favored by two points right now. What's it going to take for Texas State to be able to sustain a two-game win streak after they beat Georgia State last week to to limit the Jaguars? What does Texas State need to do on the field? Well, I think, uh, first of all, defensively, Texas State has proven they've, they've got a good defense, and, and the people of South are, are aware of that. I think they can give some pressure on Matheny, uh, make some things happen in that and that realm that they'll be that will certainly help them i think offensively their their option offense could create some problems i mean south has had some problems certainly in the past in their last game last year they they faced an option team and and it wasn't even close uh, whether that was end of the year kind of thing going on or just uh, end of the year at a bad year or they just really struggle with the option is going to be something that's going to be interesting to see. You know, most teams now use the spread offense. They throw it around a lot. I think Texas State's use of the option is going to be a plus for them, and just how well they ex- execute that option will, will play a big role in, in how successful they may be on Saturday. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Texas State Sports Podcast. I would like to thank Tommy Hicks, for joining me and speaking with me about the South Alabama Jaguars who visit Bobcat Stadium on Saturday at 6 p.m. In case you can't make it out to the stadium, which was about half of you guys these last two weeks, you can find the game online by watching it on ESPN3.com. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to email me at teamayforth at sammarcosrecord.com, find me on Twitter at smdrtyler, or... Leave a comment on our Facebook fan page, which can be found by searching Texas State Sports. Be sure to follow my coverage all season long, 
but especially this week as we try to find out if Texas State head coach Dennis Franchione knows that they legalized the forward pass. As always, you can find my coverage online at sammarcosrecord.com and on the blog at texasstatesports.com. <laughs> <laughs>